It's Eat Right Radio. It's all about eating right. Produced with the help of our friends at the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Here's Melanie Cole, MS. It's National Nutrition Month, and so many cultures have so many different foods that it's wonderful to try and savor all the flavors from the different cultures. My guest today is registered dietitian, nutritionist, and Academy spokesperson, Nancy Farrell. Welcome to the show, Nancy. So tell us about how we can incorporate all these cultural delicacies into our everyday meals and how healthy that is for us. Right. This is so exciting because each of us has a unique ethnic history and we can really savor that flavor and uh, kind of remember some of those dishes that we might have eaten as a child and remembered our mothers or grandmothers cooking them. So I kind of wanted to focus in a little bit on some of the ingredients, the spices and preparation methods of um, various various ethnic dishes. And I'm, I'm going to start out with Chinese dishes. And if you, if you eat Chinese dishes, you know that there's a good portion of vegetables in them. Correct, Melanie? Oh, sure, they do. Some people don't like all those vegetables, but I think they make the meal. They certainly do. And the key there is to really flavor them with different spices. So one vegetable that might be you might see on a Chinese meal plate is, is bok choy. And that is really a Chinese cabbage that's just packed with vitamin A for our good vision and skin health and vitamin C for immune protection. But if we add things like garlic to that, we know that some garlic compounds in there um, have really shown to re- reduce the total blood cholesterol levels that we might see. So they really do have the heart health effect there in terms of adding some of the spices there. But Chinese cooking meals, we we always think of rice, and there are so many different varieties of rice out there. We know that the Chinese use chopsticks, correct? So if 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 you try to pick up rice with chopsticks, that can be a little bit hard, can it? It can, but it does make it a little bit more fun to eat. Now, let me ask you, Nancy, because while we're speaking about Chinese food, Some people tend to think of Chinese food, even though it's packed with vegetables and vitamins, as unhealthy because some of those sauces that these things are laden with are so high in sodium, MSG, and calories. Exactly, and that's what I want to get to because what's on that rice is something like sweet and sour pork we might see on on, on a Chinese meal plate. So with the sweet and sour pork, what you might see is the, the, the meat is gener- generally like marinated and deep fat fried. So if we use a wok or if we broil the meat instead, that would help to decrease the fat. Now the sauce from that sweet and sour pork is, is obviously has a sugar content to it. And what I would like to suggest your listeners do is perhaps decrease that sugar content in half, or they might try using agave nectar. So agave nectar is something that has the same calories as sucrose or table sugar. It's much sweeter, but you can use less of it. So say if a recipe called for one cup of sugar, you could use one quarter cup of agave nectar. So that would help lighten the the sugar load there. And then soy sauce is real big in Chinese cooking as well. And there's light soy sauce and there's dark soy sauce. The dark soy sauce is the sweeter one. The light soy sauce has a little bit more of a saltier taste. So select soy sauces that might have be reduced sodium content. And we have a lot of people with gluten sensitivities now. So you, you can purchase gluten-free soy sauce alternatives as well. So let's move on to Italian and Mexican. Let's start with Mexican because people do think of that as very fattening food. Right. Well, actually, what I was going to cover was a Latin American cuisine called ceviche. Are you familiar with that? It's a Peruvian dish. Love ceviche. <laughs> yes, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Ceviche is really a, a, a raw fish that's cured in citrus juices. So lots of times it's key lime or lemon or bitter orange. 
And what we have here is it's a, a process of no heat cooking, and that process is called denaturation. And from a scientific you know, aspect, really what it is is we're adding a heat or an acid to a meat, and it just uncoils the protein in, in, that, in that item. And so it uncoils it and changes the shape. So think for your listeners here how an egg white changes its appearance when heat is applied to it or how milk curdles when an acid is added to it. So with ceviche, the, the acid from the key lime, the lemon, or the orange is going to, going to kind of quote-unquote cook that fish. So really tasty dish that's out there. Lots of times it's spiced with chili peppers and, and onions. It's served with corn in the cob and sweet potatoes that are, are known to be uh, uh, quite a dish in, in Latin American cuisine. So lots of good B vitamins, vitamin A, and fiber content in, in a ceviche meal. And it's so fun to make if you use scallops and shrimp, and you do pre-sort of cook them with that, with the citrus, and you can serve them in so many ways and make it just beautiful with some avocado and cilantro. Boy, it's fun to make ceviche, but what about some of the cheese-laden, even healthy foods such as black beans, which are my favorite food, they laden up with cheese and such with, for Mexican food? Right. So just making sure that you're kind of um, maybe using a reduced fat cheese, and I'll talk about that too when we talk about pizza in a little bit, but using a reduced fat cheese and, and being careful of the, of the quantity of the, the cheese or the fat or that you might use in, in some of those bean dishes. Okay, so why don't you go right into pizza because we don't have a lot of time in these segments and pizza is a big food that a lot of people <laughs> like to eat. It is. It's a favorite food for many of us. It's quick, easy. The kids love to help with the preparation. So let's talk crust, first of all. Do you like thin crust or thick crust? Uh, Me, I like an extra, extra thin and crispy. Right, and so that helps to cut down the calories, doesn't it, if we, if we have the thin crust. And we can also have pizza dough that is whole wheat in it if, we, if we're not gluten sensitive, so we might look for that. And I will say this, too, in some of the supermarkets that are out there, you can find the crust that is already pre-made, so you can buy that fresh pizza dough in, at, the, at the store, I guess is what I want to say, and then cook it at home yourself. So that, that's an easy step there. Cheeses that I mentioned a little bit before, try to be careful of the, the double-stuffed type pizza. Um, the aim here with the cheese, is to really want to help decrease the saturated fat and sodium content of the pizza. Always, always have a vegetable topping on the pizza. Spinach, mushrooms, broccoli, onions, peppers. Um, this just adds to the color, flavor, aroma, and the nutrients that we talked about before, the vitamins A and C. I will say, too, some of that oregano and fresh basil that you might use on a pizza, those are known to help control our blood sugar level blood pressure and triglyceride levels. So some of those, those fresh spices out there are, are really, um, really good to see on top of a pizza. Another way you can use those spices is in Italian food. But again, Nancy, people look at lasagna and spaghetti bolognese and all of these other kinds of things as tend to be fattening, but you can even use whole wheat pastas and things. So talk about Italian food. Right. So, oh my gosh, there's, I love Italian food <laughs> and we have spaghetti and Italian bread. So those might be, sp- spaghetti and Italian bread might be one of those um, or two of those items that might be a little bit on the lighter side here. The use of vegetables in your Italian cooking, zucchini, the tomato sauce, the marinara sauce is always a plus when you're, when you're sitting down with Italian. Um, you might have uh, pasta risotto, you know, prepare that low fat or polenta low fat. Um, just being really, really careful of, you know, adding extra, um, fat, the 
to your to your vegetables that you're cooking or the sauces. And actually, I will say this too, portion size is real key here. So, you know, when we're talking about pasta, you know, when we get served a plate, you know, is that really the serving size that we should have? Just making sure that you're, you're watching how much you should be consuming and maybe that you're getting some exercise in there as well. And one thing I love, Nancy, is Thai food, and the spice helps speed up our metabolism, and there's so many good curries, and again, cilantro and lime and sriracha. People are using these so mm-hmm. much as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Isn't it wonderful to see that we have so many different foods coming into the marketplace that maybe we weren't familiar with when when we were younger, but it's so fun to be able to try these different foods. And, and I think that's really what the key is that I'm trying to say here is that the, the cooking and the flavors and the colors, you know, being open-minded to to what's out there because we can carry these down from generation to generation. Just get in the kitchen with your kids and family, laugh and share the recipes and really savor the flavors of all the wonderful foods that we put on our tables. That's great advice, beautifully put. Absolutely true. As families, get together, involve your children in your cooking because then you can use all of these different cultures and bring them in and let your kids help you grow those herbs that are so good for you and let them help you cook because then they're going to be more interested in trying all of these new foods we've been discussing as well. And if you want more information, you can go to eatright.org. That's eatright.org. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Eat Right Radio right here on Radio MD. Thanks so much for listening, and stay well.